From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Now, here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. That's that, you know what that is? That's that Thursday Giants beat, man. Yeah. We bleed blue like a bug around this bad boy. Welcome to the Bleed Blue Roundtable. Steve and Chris, this is, we talking about, well, we talk about everything, but we're going to touch on the Giants, obviously, because that's our squad. 929 Check us out everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, social media, all that kind of good shit. Steve Azul, what it is. What's going on? How you doing? Football Thursday, bumped up, right before the NBA Finals. Had a great week of episodes yep. uh, earlier in the week with the hockey. Shout-outs to Carl at the C-Notes, uh, Mr. Ice Guy Blander. We had the Therapy and Sports Guy, great podcasters on on their NBA knowledge. Joined the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum yesterday. Now we're here to talk some OTAs. Got some questions oh, for yeah. you guys, NFL rules, changes, and we'll talk about that. We'll get into it. Hey, I got an elephant in the room I need to discuss before we do any more housekeeping. I also want to add a conversation. This is mostly for, well, anybody, really. I really want, because we haven't been on for a minute, and I really want to know what, I want to know your thoughts on on, on the um, the uh, the handy Lomachenko, Haney Lomachenko fight. I really had a problem with it. And I wanted to know what everybody thought it, about that. So I just, that was the most I, controversial fight in years because it's pretty much split fifty-fifty from a lot of fans, and that's good. It, make, it keeps the sport um, uh, people talking about it. Does. it. They've been talking about that fight still to this day. I thought Lomachenko won. Um, I watched yep, it. I, I think it. I was in Cincinnati. I was in Cincinnati when that fight happened. Right? I mean, I mean, I'm in all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. I was in Cincinnati because I was out there for the Yankees. So I watched the fight. I thought Lomachenko won. Um, a lot of people thought Haney won. Um, I just thought Lomachenko was more cleaner with the hits. I, I saw how Haney got to him earlier in the fight. But at the end of mm-hmm. the day, the judges ruled what they ruled. But what I really loved about the, you know, the aftermath of the fight has been literally 50-50 between the fans, no matter where you went on. On, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just fighting forums. Everybody's down the middle. Like I never seen nothing like that in a long time, and it's good. Even in former fighters have seen it certain ways. Like Floyd says it, it was one way. Shakira Stevenson says it another way. Like, he and he's flipped. He's changing his mind, you know, on the fight. And Charlo brothers saying weighing in and got their opinion. It's, it's good that people are talking about it. So I thought Loma won. Honestly, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm surprised you said you you see um, you run into a lot of people that think it's fifty fifty down. Hey, look, I thought Loma won too, but I'm hearing a lot of Loma won too. You know, I'm one of them guys that look at the scoring, and I felt Loma won a close decision, but under no circumstances did anybody win one sixteen to one twelve. I don't know what that one judge Moretti was using when he scored that fight. Now Loma started slow as usual, but he always does that. You know. Not not as slow as he had in the past. He you know he certainly took over the final third of the fight, and he definitely won round ten. But this is one of those fights, Steve, that called for a rematch, man. 
this I wouldn't say this was robbery, quote unquote, like Shakir Stevenson said. I I wouldn't. I'm not going to say it was robbery, but I think it should have been scored better. Because we've seen a lot of clear robberies that was like at worst. Oh yeah, this is like uh, the Chavez, the Chavez Sweet uh, Sweet Pete Whitaker fight. That was robbery. Uh, Timothy God. Bradley versus <laughs> Timothy Bradley versus uh, Pacquiao. That's robbery. So that was yeah, I mean we've seen a that, lot worse. Sweet Pete. Oh my God, was that robbery? That's just that's, yeah. That, the the that, fight that, in San Antonio, what, 1989, 90, whatever that was. Exactly. Uh, Way back then, that was yeah, robbery. Yeah, I lived in Vegas back then. That shit was fucking... Everybody was pissed. They were so pissed that they got drunk yeah. like they usually do. Like, they're going to do this here weed out there. But I, I just wanted to y- y'all's take on that, man. I think that was... Uh, I was just mad. Well, the problem is... The problem is Haney's not going to give him a rematch. The problem is Haney's not going to give him a rematch. Loma would definitely take it. Uh, you know, Loma had... You know, he was in the war with Ukraine and, and coming back from that. Yep. And that's the thing about boxing, yep. and this is why um, even Haney said it in a quote about the Mayweather, about Mayweather where he ruined boxing because now people don't want to risk that O. That O, meaning the zero and the loss column, means everything to these boxers. It's like it's almost – it's not like how it is with the older fighters. You, you, you could be a great and have like six, seven losses because it's how you overcome fights, you know, back in the day. Now these newer cats, or since Floyd – you know, it's it's they don't want to risk that shit. I don't know why. It's just they built differently. Like this is why you don't get the good fights. This is the this is the reason why the Spence fight and Crawford fight is finally taking off after like six years. It should have oh happened five God. six years ago because nobody wants you know, to risk the. You know what? You you're right. And to your point though, that is a that's an excellent point. But I have to add something to it. That ten point must system's flawed because in, in these days, in this day and age, because in that. You see, it's flawed in the sense that a close round is scored the same as a dominant round. Like three to four rounds that I gave Haney, they were close. But if you gave if you give Haney the benefit of the doubt in those close sessions, no one's ever going to convince me that he wants seven rounds of that fight. So right, right, right. I agree. They, they got to go. They got to go somewhere else with this somehow, man. But yes, I love the fact that it energized uh, of the interest in the sport. I love that shit. That's that's fantastic, man. But. It is what it is, man. They need a rematch, though, bro. For real. <laughs> I mean, they, of course they need it, but I don't think Haney's uh, Haney's not going to do it. I don't see that happening. I could I see Haney trying to fight somebody know, like yeah. uh, like like a guard. Uh, like I see, listen, Tane Davis. You know what I'm saying? Going going after another big yeah. fish. See, I it would be something like that. But we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll get okay. that on another we'll episode. Let's talk to this football, forward. man, and uh, and, and we'll, yeah. we'll see what's up. So. Wait a minute. First off, DB Nation has joined us, sir. DB Nation in the house. Uh, he he must What's be pissed the fact that somebody in the New Jersey dot com wrote that Daniel Jones was a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. I think that's why he's calling. <laughs> no, oh, you just you just set a fire, Steve. Uh, I mean, I know he saw the article. I know he saw the article. I can't see. This is why you can't be believe reading this shit, man. Like, did you see that article, Chris, in, in NewJersey.com? I did. I did. I did. I, I, I needs to chime into that, man. <laughs> no, so, uh, what up, y'all? I'm gonna have to um, since y'all started off with the boxing, I'm gonna just touch on this real quick. I was at Manny Dog's oh. house watching it, and I, I heard what you said, Steve. I heard what you said, Chris. But as a spectator watching this, that fight. Um, Loma won that fight. I'm sorry. Yes, he did. Uh, I just feel like 
Loma won that fight. I really wasn't actually – I was actually watching it neutral, so I wasn't even watching it going for Haney or Loma. But just as a spectator of the sport, I said those judges were drinking major silly sauce because there's like there was nothing convincing in terms of Haney winning that fight. And yeah. I'm going to go a step further that Loma is a, is a class act, just like how Barkley is a class act, just like how Eli Manning is a class act. Lomar's a class act. Like you said, Steve, he had the stuff with Ukraine and this country, the war and all that crap going on. He came in, and I felt bust this dude's ass. Haney did nothing. There, was, there wasn't like an a outweighing convincing round where he just didn't. Right. He, was, he, was, he was hitting them with body shots at first, but guess what? So, yep. Like you said, Chris, Lomar starts slow. Lomar adjusted. Just like we always talk about halftime adjustments with these bum-ass coaches that the Giants used to have. Where are the adjustments at? Loma adjusted, and the last three rounds, he, to me, he clearly won that. Yeah. One, one last thing before we go back to football. Uh, Haney's dad, I have zero respect for this guy. Because many of us watching after the fight, the fact that this man went out there and said, oh, it, it was like a land fight. Like, we, we clearly won this fight. Blah, blah, blah. We clearly won the fight. Like, I was like, you know what, it's Pops? You you lost props. Somebody has to punch you in your mouth, man. Yes, <laughs> your, your Because, you know, like, come on, I played football before, Chris. You're an athlete. Steve, you know what it's like. Look, you know fair and square. When you line up against another team well, or another opponent, you know if, if you lost. I, and well, like, but, you know, but on, I, I, I get what you're saying. Hold, hold, DB, DB, I get it. I get it. But you know what it is, right? And boxing is a little different because you need that, what's it called, Chris, uh, the ringmaster. You need that promo. You need that yeah. guy that's going to yeah. talk crazy. On, on the, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost WWE-ish. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like right. you, you, you need that Don't promo. You know, Don't we're big on promo, so you need to talk that. It's even on the damn lie. You got to sell it. You got to right. sell it. So that's boxing. No, you, you right. sell it. <laughs> you're right. And it just had me feeling a certain way because I felt that Lomar won that fight. But – you know, and that's why. Yeah. And, and again, this reminds me of when um, Tyrod Taylor came in. Remember how MetLife erupted when Jones was out? Yeah, they were like, "Fine, yep. a, a we positive about change that. of pace, a positive change of pace." When that crowd booed the crap out of that decision, look, the crowd mm-hmm. never lies. That's that's nope. my whole the crowd thing. Don't when, lie. when they booed that decision, there's a reason why. It wasn't like it was. Hair, a hairline thing, like, ah, oh, that could have went either way, fellas. No. When Jones went out and Tyrod Miller came in and the giant stadium erupted, there's a reason why, because yep. they got tired of seeing Johnson. And, again, they uh, did. Look, I'm going to get gonna lie. New York. The, the, the king of New York is Aaron Rodgers. Okay? There's a reason why, and Chris had to educate me on this. I forgot about the Joe Namath thing, his, his, his jersey number, number 12, because Aaron Rodgers wore eight. At, at, in college in California. So right. I just thought it was interesting that out of all the numbers, okay, they, they retired Joe Namath's number, so as a Jet, you can't wear 12. I get that. But guess what? He chose eight. He didn't even have to go back to eight. He could have picked nine, 10, 11, 13. But who – it's funny because when I used to play football, I used to, like, if I seen a guy on another team with my number, like, I wore 46 because I used to like Tim McDonald for the Niners. So it's like, yo, if I see another guy on another team with my number – Who's the real 46? Who, who's the real one? I got to prove that I'm the real one. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers comes to New York with all the hype and all that, rocks this number eight. Look, like, like Steve, I was talking to Chris and many dogs. 
There's a reason why the media and, and, and these uh, Subway and all these endorsement companies don't mess yep. with Jones. Because there's no – what is that? What is that? Endorse. Like, you're a kid. You have no – Dude, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't realize that Aaron Rodgers wearing an eight is the same as Daniel Jones wearing an eight. I did not even pick that up on that. I didn't pick up on that. I just said, oh, he's wearing a number eight for your green eye. See, 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 I got to tell y'all. I got to tell y'all. Normally, I'll say, yo, get off of that and get on to football. But listen. We might as well remember it because it's going to be a problem. Um, going and uh, let me tell you something. I ha- I got to go back to New York on Saturday. Let me tell you what happened when I went last week. All right, on the new y'all familiar with these areas on the New Jersey Turnpike on the Brooklyn Plains Expressway, definitely all over Manhattan. All you see is is freaking jets green right now, and, and it's a ta- it's no other playing faces up there. Every now and then you might see a sauce gardener. But there's no other place in the States up there except Rodgers. All right? Well, yeah, now, I mean, uh, that's not a surprise. He's an, well, he's an all-time quarterback. I mean, that's that's going to be expected. Exactly. He, he's earned that right. So, I mean, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. And to be honest with you, as a Giants fan, the Jets, they, they've been waiting for a moment like this for since, what, Namath? I mean, at least since well, the '80s, never, when they had some good teams, side. they had some good teams in the '80s, and maybe one t- one team with uh, Tuna, with Parcells and Curtis Smart in '98. But outside of that, I mean, they really have nothing. They had nothing. I, I mean, I get the it. Jets you know really, what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. The Jets really sucked that long? I, I mean, I had, well, I mean, they had, had they had flashes. I mean, here. I remember they went to AFC Championship? I remember, remember they went to AFC Championship versus the Colts one oh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan. Okay. Right, yeah, Rex Ryan. Yeah, that's right, right. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, well, they, I actually think this is more bigger than the Rex Ryan. That's you know what? That was a time when Rex Ryan had them really hyped up, even though Coughlin was around. And I remember, you know, after yeah. we beat them on Christmas Eve, and I remember mm-hmm. Brandon Jacobs running up to yeah. take that fat boy. You know what I'm saying? So. That's the last time I remember the yeah. Jets kind of like having like relevancy or hype or hype. This is actually probably more hype than that because it's the quarterback, not the head coach. The way line is more hype, and I can't wait to see that game. <laughs> we we right. there in but, person. But anyway, but nah, the, okay, so uh, I'm sorry. Well, DB was about to say something. Go ahead, DB. And then go, yeah, DB, go back. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just about to say, how ironic is it? Because, Steve, obviously you're right. Aaron Rodgers is, is, is the GOAT. You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. But I just thought it was so funny how he just came in rocking. He chose this number eight number. And yep. it's like, before. let's say Rodgers didn't come to the Jets. Let's say he went anywhere else. We wouldn't be seeing the billboards. We wouldn't be seeing all of this stuff. Because when that clown from uh, BYU, Zach Wilson, was out there, there wasn't oh, all this hype and hoopla. So, so, but also I say that to say this, Jones has been a giant ever since they got him from Duke. Where, where has where has any of this been? Like like Chris and I talked about, it's like yo, you're not going on a, on a late you're not show with anyone. You're not not and I normally don't get into it, Steve, or Cats Online, but recently I got, you know, I got into it a few cats on Instagram because I call them eggheads. All of these jaded so-called Giants fans who are drinking the, the, the Kool-Aid thinking that Jones needed a supporting cast, blah, blah, blah. No, it, 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 he didn't. Like, he is who he is. And, Steve, I'm telling you, and Chris knows this too, 
if this guy, after getting overpaid, which I call his contract deal, after getting overpaid and getting all the guys on offense, O-line, you know, tight ends, receivers out the, out the wazoo, if this guy doesn't throw for over 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns mm-hmm. with single interceptions and we don't make it to mm-hmm. at least the NFC championship, this has been a failure, and it's going to go back on that clown and pop the yep. narrow to keep it going. I mean, yeah, listen, I get it. I get it. Um, I, let's go to Chris, but I get it because you had to pay him in the sense of unless you want to step back and, you know, go through a bridge quarterback, but pay low now because – had you picked up the option and he would have played, you would have him forced to pay more. And we know that he's not that kind of guy. He's not a Burrow. He's not a, right. I would say, a Herbertish or, or even a Rodgers. You know, I, it, it, it's the route they chose to go. I'm not going to even argue the contract because I get it as far as the timing. And look what, what happened with Lamar Jackson and, and Jalen Hurts after that. I mean, look how much money they're getting paid. Like, there's no way we're not trying to go near that for him. I So I think the Giants – took the, the lesser of two evils and went low and paid early, then watched Hurts and Lamar Jackson get paid buku money, historical money, and then what if Jones had a, a, a back-to-back decent year like last year? Then you're really in a bind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. get it. it yeah. It's not the most favorable situation. I'm not big on Jones, but I understand business-wise why they did it. Uh, Chris, are you about to say something? We'll get into this. I got questions no, 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 for you. No, no, I'm not going that. I'm not I'm echoing that. That's the market. The smart guy. Right, it right. turned out to be the, tur- the smart guy that turned um, um, ended up being Lamar. Jo- Lamar. Um, damn, I can't remember the last name. But Lamar. Okay, he was the smart dude because he first everybody in the whole media dogged him about not having an agent, or his mom was yeah. an agent, or something like that. And you know, it looked silly from the outside, but then you realize later on after that deal that he hired his mom. He was the agent the whole time. And he, he threw his mom in there, his, her name in there, just to, you know, just to, you know, slide it in there so he could get, he could get that credit. And he negotiated that deal. So I got to give him some love on that. And, He's smart. And on, and on top of that, he pulled himself from that playoff game. That, you know, like, we're talking the playoffs, you know, in my Jim Mora voice, playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they playoffs. were in Cincinnati <laughs> – you know, playoffs are not easy to get to, as you know, this is the, the sport of physics, and he literally yep. removed himself from the situation for a business. Yep. I mean, he, he pulled – personally, it, it, he, he did what he had to do, but I know it, pay, it may not even sit right with his teammates, you know what I'm saying, in that locker room. Maybe some no, of them understood it. Uh, well, I yeah. mean, I think some of them may <laughs> understand it, but some of it, you know how it is. But it's almost like football is like war. Like, yo, you go to war with your, your fellow men, and you, you sat out. I mean – I know some guys Absolutely. in that locker room can't respect that. You know, these guys got families to feed too. So. Yep. Yep. So, all right. So, yeah, big up for Marlar Jackson. And you know what? I'm with DB and you, Steve, for that matter where it comes to, look, you got this money now, and they also rewarded you besides that cash with surrounding you with weapons and protection. Okay. So you have really no excuse. You have no excuse. Your backfield is solid. You have no excuse not to excel. That's all I got to say about that. I'm I, not going to harp I, I on his ass. But truth be told, we should be in, he should be in a great position to, to do some damage now. And he's got a hell of a division to well, do it again. And to do it in, well, I, I do 
I do have a question um, for both of you guys. I'm going to go to DB and then you, Chris. So over the holiday weekend, we see a, uh, a prominent wide receiver by the name of DeAndre Hopkins released by the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. And I saw uh, quotes by head coach Brian Dable. I mean, I don't think this is no rocket size type shit. You know, you know, they're interested, or he says they they should be interested in picking up the services of the 31 year old wide receiver. The Giants, to me, do not have a clear cut wide receiver. I understand why the Cardinals did what they did because honestly, I don't think they're going nowhere. Why eat up cash and? pay guys when you're not going away. Get out of that contract and take the, the financial hit early versus seeing, uh, you know, ca- you know, cash strap situations later, you know, when when it, when price goes up on the uh, dead money. But anyway, that's a story for the Cardinals. So, DB, Giants don't have a clear-cut wide receiver, in my opinion. Do the Giants entertain this? Because we could look at it as off-season adjustments, and I think a lot of people still don't think the Giants, outside of the draft – Free agency wise, they didn't get to where they got to. So, what are your thoughts as far as should the Giants entertain it if they had the cash? Uh, the help number eight and the blue, the, the blue number eight, not the green number eight, the blue number eight. <laughs> right. Because, because, and, 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 we're going to have to it. It's funny you said that, you know, <laughs> green eight, but to be honest, there's only one real number eight, and, and he wears green as far as I'm concerned. But, Joe. Check this out in terms of what you're talking about with Hopkins. If the Giants had the money, I'd entertain it. Why not? Hopkins, well, he has experience. The guy still has some gas in the tank. However, with the, the, with the receiver room that the Giants have from the draft and off-season acquisitions with Paris Campbell, Jamison Crowder, um, I mean, yo, this guy, B, I call him BFW. Bryce Ford Wheaton is, is going to be such a sleeper still. From West Virginia, six four, two twenty six, ran a four three eight. Look, man, he is it's not, not a game. Steve, I was talking to Chris and Manny Dawes about this earlier. The, the New York Giants after everything has after the dust has settled with the draft and off season stuff. The New York Giants have one arguably one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league. So who would not want to be a Giant at this point right now? That's why I'm mad we got this number eight at quarterback, because any quarterback can come in here right now and flourish with what we got going on. And besides what Joe Shane and them did on offense, the fact that we got these additions on defense and got certain guys healthy, like my man from Cincinnati, Darian Beavers, yo, guess what? Defense got better. And to me, like Kirk Herbstreit would say, defense is the first offense. So guess what? The fact that our defense got better, guess what, number eight, Offense is getting the ball back more because defense is balling. I'm telling you, the common denominator, mm-hmm. or like I like to say, the common douchebag is number eight. It all comes down to that quarterback position because, like you said, we got EG, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. We got a lot of power right yeah. now. But it really comes down to, um, you know, because, look, we got Hodge, Isaiah Hodgin. He's a baller. Sterling Shepard provides uh, depth. And, and, and leadership, because he's been there for so long, regardless of all the injuries. We still got big play Slay. I call him high oxygen, Steve. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. We got BFW, Bryce Ford Wheaton. We still got Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Dog, we got receivers and then tight ends. We're set at tight end, obviously. Darren Waller. Bellinger's already a starter, but Darren Waller is Darren Waller, a Pro Bowl experience guy. So, and then with, with um, uh, JMS, John Michael Schmidt, the center, look, O-line is ready. Everything is ready on offense mm-hmm. except for guys mm-hmm. who's going to be called the shots. 
this is the reason right. why the on, that's the only thing, Steve, I'm 99% confident going into this season except for the quarterback position because we know what he brings to the table. <laughs> we played Philly, he, he crapped the bed. You know, who, you know who played better he against did. Philly? Who I don't think on the Giants anymore? Davis Webb. He had one rushing and one throwing and one passing touchdown in Philly. The last person yeah. to ball out in Philly was Davis Webb, not no freaking Daniel Jones. So again, that's why I, it all goes back to that guy. Because you look at the linebackers, Oki Ricky, the dude from Indiana. Um, I forget his name, number forty-one. McFadden. We got McFadden. Uh, yeah, Michael McFadden. We got guys. We got guys, and don't let Darian Beavers, who was like the linebacker version of Sauce Gardner at Cincinnati, he gave up no touchdowns in college at linebacker. That's what this guy does, right. and he hit. So now the secondary is loaded. We got that, that, that guy from um, Houston, that safety, Javarius Owens. He, he's a stud. He's not no, no bum. So it's like G- GM Joe did what he had to do. Everything is pretty much in place now, and, and – you know, uh, what, what's his name, number five, defensive man, Oregon. I just forgot his name. Uh, um, Thibodeau. 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 You know, I'm expecting more from Thibodeau this year because we got Nacho in there. You know, we solidified Dexter Lawrence contract. Yo, this defense is going to be crazy, regardless of Philly and Jalen Hurts is a beast. You know, they got A.J. Brown. I'm not sure who their running back is since Miles Sanders left. I know they picked somebody. Oh, they got Rashad Penny. But guess what? We are the New York Giants. We're not worried about clown-ass Cowboys, the, the Smeagles who lost both of their coordinators. Well, it's going to be a huge hit. Well, they're right. going to have to prove it, D.P. I mean, they're going to have to prove it. I, we'll let Chris get some, but they're going to have to prove it. I mean, it sounds good on paper, but we haven't beaten them consistently in the division in a long time. So we have these conversations every around this time every year. And, Chris, we always talk about it. What should we do in the division? And, yep. honestly, we crap out in the division. We we got we to gotta do yep. it. It's simple as that. And they really just yeah. come down to number yeah. eight. Uh, so, the best Chris, part uh, of that. It, oh, go ahead, TV. No, I'm going to say real quick before, before you go, Chris. Still, the best quarterback in the NFC East, it's, it's, it's still the Giants' last. I hate to say that, but even Sam Howell from North Carolina for, for the Redskins, even he's better than Who oh, I hear is balling so, out. Yeah, it's only on camp, Chris. It's only it's only camp, Chris. Remember, we've had these conversations because I remember we we go back to yeah, the archives six but seven years ago. That's we, there, there were a giant, that's there were giant fans anointing uh, Jerome Cunningham to the Hall of Fame at the camp. You know what I'm saying? I remember. I remember. <laughs> but but here's my here's my here's my retort to that. I agree with you, but but when the fans say it, I agree with you. But when the players say it, I have to listen a little bit harder. If Terry McLaurin and I'm saying this cat is the is the dude, I'm gonna to have to give it a little bit more respect. Well, so I that's, what this, that's what's happening. I'll give you this: I, Sam Howell has done more and see than than Daniel Jones at Duke. If you want to put it to that kind of apples to apples, oh, I'll give you, you that. Yeah, you ain't you ain't never lied. You ain't no, so I mean, That's a fair. That's fair. That's a fair. From a collegiate level, we get. We get I get. I ride with fair. that. He played well but for Matt Brown. So I give you, like, yeah. Did you see the yeah. preseason? Did you see any uh, Washington games with Howell last year in preseason? What he could do? Yeah, he at did this level, up, like Sam Howell, yeah. like Steve. It, it always to me, it always goes back to being able to make good decisions. This is where I get into with these eggheads online. It's like Jones does not make consistent good decisions. That's my biggest thing with this guy. 
Because it's like, yo, like, obviously it didn't happen. Like, a dropped interception doesn't count because it got dropped. But to, what, what I get into with these guys, that was still a bad decision. This man could have had um, – he had about eight dropped interceptions all last season. The Giants would not have made the playoffs. God forbid those deep defenders would have caught those interceptions. And that's where, that's where I go back to this quarterback because it's like, yo, you got to make better decisions. And when I looked at Howell, I'm like, look at him stepping up in the pocket. Nothing's there. He takes off or gets rid of it. Very simple. Why is it so hard? This guy's in his fifth year. How does he, like, not get it yet? That's the part that is not I hope he gets it this year since he got that money. I hope he Me gets too. it this year. Well, you know. Yeah, I get it. No, no, I no, I, I was just echoing. I get it. I get where he's coming from. I, I get where DB's coming from. Go ahead, Chris. I get it. Yeah, so so when we play Washington, it's going to be basically North Carolina against Duke at quarterback, right? I love it. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a different way. Um, everybody knows that the last, the three, the three teams that Hopkins is looking at are the Bills, the Chiefs, and us, and. We all have the same issue. The Chiefs is his most desirable joint, but the Chiefs are capped out. You know, they can move money down the road with, with the home contract or, or extending on, what's my man, the, the defensive tackle that was all pro last, Chris Jones. But they got to make multiple moves for, for Hopkins' deal to come through, and they're not willing to do that right now. Okay? With the Bills, after Stephon, there's no other receivers, whereas we have a whole bunch of them they ain't got yet. Okay? So, they but they and their problem is they got a whole lot of sizable contracts on their books. You know they got seven players that got cap hits of like ten million this year, yo. And and and, and next year it's nine with with Josh Allen's due to due to get forty seven million. So if they got to restructure money, that means pushing cap hits back while enlarging them in the in the future years. So what's going to happen is the Bills are going to look like the Arizona Cardinals right now in two years. So they can't do it. Which leads one last team, and it's not easy. But let me tell you something: we only got three point eight million. Where is it at? Three point eight million in, in in cap space. So that would require some maneuverability from Shane on a cap sheet. All right. We and it's that would be somebody. We have a whole bunch of receivers, and we have other parts that we could we could deal with. But they're going to have to go if we're going to let this guy come in. But he wants to come to this market. He loves this market. He's already mentioned it three fucking times. And so it's, I would have said, if you would have said this about maybe a month ago, I would say he ain't coming here, man. But now this shit is starting to become a possibility. Not easy, but it's starting to become a possibility because the other two teams I mentioned can't, can't, really can't afford them. They're worse off than we are. So I'm kind of liking this a little bit. It's going to be a little intriguing. I'm not gonna put up my hopes up. Neither should any other Giant fan. But yo, it's hey, if he does show up, then and I'm looking at you when I say this, DB, then he really don't have an excuse. Right. He really exactly. don't have an excuse. Exactly. No zero. And, and they no are definitely thinking they they are brainstorm they are brainstorming that shit in that boardroom. Figuring that out, can number eight really make it happen to uh, if they were to go after him and, and to get him on the team? Because you are absolutely correct. It is 
he's going to have a monkey on his back. Blue number eight. Blue number eight is going to have a monkey. Like he's going to have to perform. There's no way around that. So you, it, right. you know what, DB? They, they might piss you off, DB, and maybe to a little extent, Chris. That they, they might avoid DeAndre just not to have that pressure on number eight, blue number eight. They That's might right. do that and fuck around with you, DB. They might. <laughs> you right. I, you right. That's oh, why yeah. I'm not getting my. You right. Where'd you go? You you left me, DB. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, you faded on me, bro. <laughs> I didn't know what no, happened. I, okay. I was just saying that you know I'm not gonna get my hopes up either, even though Chris, the way you worded it and described it with the Arizona situation and um um the Bills. Hey, man, you know. That would be nice, but there's, there's mm-hmm. that but in there where it's like, I don't know. Like you said, Steve, because, <laughs> yo, look, that, that's it. I like that. There, there's only one elephant, and it's on blue number eight's back, okay, because that's right. know, the person's not on day ball. Like he wants to go the year with blue eight backup receivers except for um, Isaiah Hodgins. Look. Yep. He, he, these cats did it with bare minimum. Wink Martindale had a few guys that, that shouldn't have been there. Now, Wink is rolling around like a pig in shit with, with these guys on defense. And, and Darian Beavers is healthy. And we got Nacho from Tampa Bay. Look, that this run defense ain't going to be that atrocious crap that we saw last year. It's going to be a big difference. And Bobby Oak and Ricky, he's a tackling machine. This dude's an animal. So, we got linebackers out here. We still got Jared Davis, the linebacker from Florida Gators. Like, we still got some – some ex- look, we got a good mix of experience and young guys. And, Chris, I think you said yep. we're, like, the fourth youngest team in, in the NFL. So yeah, there's fourth youngest team upside. in the NFL. Right. So there's and there's Lovin Davis. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, oh, yes. what any quarterback right now could have come to New York and we'd be talking Super Bowl if, if number eight, if blue eight wasn't here. This is what I'm talking about. Like, look, the, the, the pressure's on him, regardless of what anyone says. But also, too, Steve, I know everyone's different. This guy has no personality. I'm, I listen to I listen to a few <laughs> with Bobby Oakley. You talking about that, that press conference? You talking about that press conference? Yeah. Yeah, blue eight. I'm talking about blue eight. And, like, Bobby Okereke – an educated that guy to ask some questions. He's very eloquent. He he, he speaks well. Adoree Jackson, yeah. I looked at an interview with him. Jones is like deer in the headlights. Um, um, one word answer. They're like, so Jones, how do you feel about Darren Waller coming to the team? Um, I feel good. That's all you got, buddy? Like, no wonder you have to <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel and put it on Ryan. Nobody wants oh, to swear on the You don't even, like, you haven't even done a Subway commercial, bro. You're a quarterback. It comes with the territory. Oh, you can try to be, lay low as much as you want, but you're a quarterback in the okay, NFL. So I thought it was just me. Okay, I thought it was just me. That got that was a bad press conference. I oh mean, my god! Oka Ricky took it yeah. over though. He's gonna be great for us, man. But hope, oh, yeah. yeah, Danny Jones. That was tough. Even the reporters were like, "Yo, are you paying attention?" Yeah, that like, was, can you give uh, us something? <laughs> like you just got forty million a year. You, you better say something. I hope you they, they pay you to get a vocabulary. 
See, and what a lot of people, a lot of sports fans need to understand, and I think most of the Giants fans are, are cerebral enough to, to know this, is that when you're, the quarterback is your star position, bro. You know, you have to have a personality, and you have to have the fortitude, particularly in this, this market, to handle it. To handle it. That's any, that's any star on any team in this tri-state area. You know, you got to have it. You know, if you don't, if you don't endear yourself, and it's, it's sorry, but as a prerequisite, you're not in Portland. You're, you know, you're not, you know, you're not in Seattle or out here. You got to be able to show something, some kind of, some kind of goddamn, some kind of mental something to prove that yeah. you are worth that title. And it's bad. Yes, it's I agree. Bad. That was awful. That was yeah, awful. I agree, guys. Oh my I, god, there's no way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's kind of socially awkward when it comes to that and most quarterbacks in the history usually have some sort of personality that 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 it grabs the media but also the locker room and Eli did have that but most quarterbacks do yep. have that Daniel Jones doesn't necessarily have that honestly I, I'm with you guys when it comes to that so that's an intangible um that, that's a fair assessment I, I I have no pushback to that I agree I agree okay so let me say this oh Okay, go ahead, gentlemen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I had a, I had a question. I mean, I want to make a statement about OTAs. Yeah, I saw. I didn't see everything, but I, I was watching the OTAs yesterday. All right, and I got mm-hmm. a question. It's, it's kind of like inside out, fellas. Um, Buffalo let Buffalo who has problems with their wide receiver um, core right now. They don't have a whole lot there. How the hell did they just let Isaiah Hodgins walk out the fucking door? Because we got him the next day, if you remember. And this dude is ready to leave. And, and he may not get a chance because we drafted Hyatt and we got Travis Campbell. We'll see. But this dude is obviously a stud. And it's scratching my head. He was cheap as shit on anybody's goddamn um, salary cap. He didn't, he didn't cost anything. He was freaking. It was. It was. He would have been not affected on in any shape, of, way, shape, or form. But by the end of the season with us, he had. Where's that? He had 33 catches on 351 goddamn 50, 351 yards in only seven games. You know, including those big ones, that eight catch game, and um, and also that on 12 tar- targets against the Vikings, dude. We we are looking. We're sitting really, really fucking well. Well, I think if we can see it. Yeah, that did. That I was gonna say. I thought. Okay, this is. I mean, obviously they're familiar with him for him coming to, from Buffalo, and he fits right into the system that the Giants do. So it was a no-brainer to pick him up, especially the injuries we had at the time. Number two. Um, Going back to the preseason last year, I thought the Giants had a lot of plans for um, Austin Johnson, who but he ended up getting the uh, yeah. ACL injury, and I think that's where the role Hodges filled in for that. So I think the Giants had a plan going into the season, and he kind of helped bridge that plan. I'm talking about Hodges. Once uh, it took him, it took him several weeks, but you know sometimes you got to let these things develop with players getting cut from other teams. It was the right situation at the right time. So kudos to the Giants and Hoskins. Familiar with the office, familiar with the coaches, familiar with some of the locker rooms. So, I mean, no, I mean, with Giants, we're in a fortunate uh, position to get them. Yeah, man. I mean, he's really – To piggyback off that, Steve, 
to piggyback off of what you just said, even Nick McLeod, number 44, this guy in the secondary, I mean, I never even heard of this guy. Another ex-Buffalo Bill who GM Joe brought over. And there were a couple games where he held his own. Yep. I don't know who this 44 is, but Nick McLeod is making a few plays out here. I'm okay with that. He did. At this point, it's going to be tough because the secondary is super loaded for him to get on the field. But, again, like you said, Steve, no one knew who this guy was. It got him, I'm pretty sure, for a league minimum, you know, because it's not like he was a starter yeah. in Buffalo. That's the and same I was talking about, league minimum. That's what. <laughs> yeah. He came out here um, to the Giants and um, provided something because Adoree Jackson was out. So, yeah. yeah. But, again, that's why I call him GM Joe instead of G.I. Joe, Steve. I just call him GM Joe. <laughs> that's just my nickname for Joe Shane. But, GM Joe is is a freaking mastermind. This guy, and the fact that we still got Kafka, Wink, you know, hopefully he, I don't have to call him Stink Martindale. I don't think I will because of the player personnel that, that's on this team right now on defense. It's, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I, I, I do problem. have a question so, for you. Yeah, I have a question for you, DB, because this is specifically a cornerback question, and as and I was saving this question for the episode because after I saw in the media uh, how the Giants were uh, playing smoke and mirrors, we were talking about that earlier in this episode with Aaron Rodgers and you know the smoke and mirrors yeah. with uh, roster. <sighs> Why are they acting like Deontay Banks ain't that dude? As if he's not the number one corner. They're making it seem like well he's got to earn his keep and he's got to earn his spot. No shit, he's going to be there. This, I mean, this is what the vibe I got out of the coaches. And this is one of those things, like, they've been pushing the right button since they got here, but why play that card with the number one cornerback? You know, DB, this is specifically a cornerback. We knew our woes last season with the cornerback. You look at who's there now, or Dory Jackson opposite side him, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Robinson's going to compete. Uh, you know, the other uh, Dane Belton. Thank goodness Fabian Moreau is no longer there. But the question to you, oh, yeah. as far as the cornerback perspective, why is Giants, and let's call it the, the management, whether you want to say it's Dayball or it's Shane, as acting as if Deontay Banks is not going to be the number one corner, playing this political, that's what he's doing, playing the politically correct, well, he's got, well, he's he's doing the right things in camp, he's he's going up the ranks in quarterback. No, he's already the, like, top two cornerback. On the team. They, they make it look like Daryl Green's on the team and Deion Sanders opposite him and Rod Woodson's on the team. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Right. Like, mm-hmm. the, the kid's got, and that's a great, great point right there, Steve. I forget his first name, but Hawkins the third. the Six three corner we got out of Old Dominion. It's they're making it seem like because we got him in the seventh round, if I'm not mistaken. They're making it seem like yes. we we seem like we never drafted Tay Banks, and we we only got Hawkins. And they're like, oh, he, he's doing good in, in you know camp and blah blah blah. No, we got a pretty much. He might be pound for pound to me, maybe the best corner in the draft this year. He's a day one starter. Back to back, low four threes. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? That's like that's mm-hmm. like saying last year. Come on, this, this man came out of Alabama. He's an automatic start on the O line. He ain't fighting for position. He's the number one guy. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So it is a level of disrespect. <laughs> and, you know, to to him, especially that you know I played defensive back, and it's like yo. Right. I mean, even if I didn't, but the fact that he is a corner, he's a defensive, a defensive backfield, 
This man is a, yep. a shutdown guy, and he's physical. There was one of the highlights you might have saw, Steve, where toward the end of the, the Maryland highlights, this dude scoop slammed the tight end from Indiana. The tight end was like that um, Darren mm-hmm. Waller side. Picked him up, scooped him, and slammed him on his back. Guess what? Most corners, a lot of safeties don't even hit like that. We got an all-round yep. uh, dog, Swiss Army knife guy. Like you could, you could throw him at safety if you wanted, because he's in shape. Like he's not like he's not a frail dude. He's not like um, what's the dude from LSU? We got like Cordell Fly. He's not skinny like yeah. Cordell Fly. You know, and Cordell Fly's another guy who's kind of up and coming too. He's to me, he's undersized, but guess what? He makes plays. He can make plays. So he's not. Mm-hmm. He's built more safety, but he runs like a corner. He hits like a safety. And yeah, I don't know if they're trying to like, if they're playing like stupid games with, like with the NFC East, like so Philly and Washington and, and Dallas doesn't think he's, he, he may get a little bit of burn. Nah, man, this guy's a day one bona fide gem. And there's a reason why we, we did we had to do to get him in that first round. So huge level of disrespect. I'm glad this guy is confident and has a chip on his shoulder because he sees what we see in terms of the paper, the, the clippings, the newspaper, whatever stuff they're putting out, this man is a baller. So they, they better watch out. That's why I'm like, yo, C.D. Lambs of the world and, and Terry McLaurin and um, all of uh, Jahan Dotson at, at, at um, I think Ohio State. At um, Washington, to me, Steve, mm-hmm. I was telling Manny, in terms of the wide receivers, I think the Giants, in terms of NFC East, the Giants have the best receiver. Washington, to me, is second. Philly is uh, – uh, well, Philly and Washington, and Dallas would be last because they only got a CD lamb. But, yo, the Giants receiving core is serious business. But, again, that's another reason why I'm well, glad we got these guys. Well, <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, but the, the, for on paper, wide receivers, you already know the, the quarterback got to get them the rock. It doesn't matter. It goes back to number eight, blue number right. eight. At the end of the day, you can have right. the best core, but if, they, if you can't utilize them well, it ain't gonna matter. Because we see what uh, uh, Dante Smith and um, AJ Brown has done with Philly. We heard, so we seen uh, CD Lamb get his his touches and McLaurin. So, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, how many, I mean, the, I mean, does it matter? Let me ask you this. Here's a quick question for both of you guys, real quick. Does wide receiver depth actually matter when when other squads have probably are more better top heavy? Like they probably have a better top two wide receivers on their roster than our depth. Like what, what do you think about that? Like if you look at AJ Brown and, and Smith on Philly, their top two is better than any are any top two in the division. I would think. Well, what do you, and they're going to get the, both of the uh, got a DB because you're the DB. That, that's, a, that's a good question. But it's a tough question, too, because, um, God forbid, anything happened to them. Like one guy said, one reporter said, the Calfags are one wide receiver injury away from being in the same <laughs> that they were in last year. Seriously, anything, anyhow something happens to C.D. Lamb, they're screwed. All you got is Gallup and some other clown. Yo, I, I, like, I'm actually, it sucks to be them, but who cares because we're in. But Jerry Jones and them dropped the ball in terms of that receiving room in Dallas. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? You guys basically didn't do anything. So um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are arguably probably the best tandem right now in the mm-hmm. NFC East. But, again, like you said, Steve, it's on paper. 
But this Jalen Hyatt guy, not even the five touchdowns he had against Alabama in college. He just has it. He has it. He got like he got he the really does. You know what I'm saying? Like Rod Stickwell from um, Jerry but, Maguire. He got the arm. And, yep. and, and not that you're, it, but not that it's not it's not that you're wrong. But get we have blue number eight again. It, it, it doesn't matter yes. if blue number eight can't get him the rock. Like what does it matter? Oh, I'm not even sure that he can't. And Steve, that's, that's the argument I was having with the eggheads on Instagram. Is like, who, who's the gunslinger? Who's calling the plays? I said, it doesn't matter who you surround Blue Eight with, Darren Waller, all these other guys, even if we had DeAndre Hopkins. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. That's what it comes down to. I agree. And yeah. That's an issue, man. Big issue. Because you had something you wanted to say. I have one more question for you guys after you speak, but. No, no, just give just give up the question because this is entertaining. So, I love this conversation. So let me. So this is more of an NFL. Uh, this is all the NFL season, the new kickoff rules. You guys heard it. How do you feel about that? Is going to a, more of a college base with the um, fair catch beyond the uh, twenty-five yard line. So basically, I'll give you a, an example of how it looks. If you fair catch the ball under the twenty-five, you can move the ball up to the twenty-five yard line. I don't like that. As a matter of fact. A lot of the special team coaches were trying to fight against it, but it got overruled with a vote. So they're trying. The name of the game, Chris. We talked about this years ago: limiting uh, injuries and concussions. But come on, we ain't got to do it all this to a college level of fair catching shit. Like I like the fact that a special teams uh, moment could change, like a fumble, like a fair catch, two yard line, other team recovers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Now. If fair catch shit, this shit moves like 23 yards to the 25-yard line if it's beyond the 25. I don't like that. And a lot of people didn't like it. Do you guys follow up on that rule? Or what, and how do you think about it? Whoa. Um, good, 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 DB. My bad, Chris. Chris, I mean, Steve, I, well, both of you, I didn't even know about this rule. So if you fair catch yeah. it before the, before the 25, it gets moved automatically to the 25-yard line? Like yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, under the twenty-five. So like, let's say you're looking at it um, yeah. left to right, and you you kick it towards the end zone, and it's beat is past the twenty yard, twenty-five yard line. You fair catch it. You can move it up to the twenty-five yard line. And start there. How? That's some bullshit. Yeah, that's weak. I'm sorry. The NFL fellas has gotten so weak with you know like a re- a good regular hard hit nowadays is a penalty. Now you going soft on kickoff. Mm-hmm. Is it the same? Mm-hmm. Punt return too, or is that just a kickoff thing? I it's think the, it's uh, the kickoffs. Kickoff. But yeah. that's that's soft. I'm sorry, that's soft to me, because like you said, uh, Chris and Steve, one special teams play can, can change it. If a guy, like remember, I'll never forget. I got to go to NFC Championship, Giants at Niners. To me, that was the Super Bowl that year. What was that? 2011 or seven? Well, I, I forget which one. Eleven. Eleven. But 11. With the punt returner, I'll never forget number fifty-three, the linebacker. I forget his name. He poked the ball out because number ten for the Niners was running it back. Fifty-three right. poked the ball out, got the ball back. Get game that just changed. That swung. That swung the momentum. That swung the momentum. So let's say that was a kickoff, a, you know, a kick return. A guy comes out there, forces a fumble. Giants get the ball back. Like that's a huge. That changes the. That changes the everything. So the fact Everything. that you're allowing them to get weak ass, oh fair catch, and it's automatically, it's all about field position. If I'm a special teams coach, I'm pissed too. Like like Al Pacino said it any any given Sunday, it's a game of inches, man. 
So you're just giving up three yards to spare catching and automatically only have 75 yards to go? That's not fair. I'll leave it at that. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I understand. No, no, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it, except I think it's bullshit, too. I understand that they want to reduce the head injuries and shit, but look, I don't think they – I'm with Matthew Slater, man, who uh, of the Patriots. You know, I'm with him. He said, you know – well, I'm paraphrasing him because I don't, I don't know exactly how he said it, but he basically said, you know, if, if, if everybody's really concerned with player safety and health, talk about some of the real issues, like fucking synthetic turf versus grass mm. and all this other shit that they do, mm. they do just for the stadium. I agree with that, okay? But, see, Slater's not the only one. Andy Reid is pissed off. Jim Harbaugh's pissed off. Everybody pretty much is. But I don't know where, why Goodell chose. I don't put it this way. I don't know. You're supposed to go to the rules committee to make these, these, these changes. And if Jerry Jones didn't know about it, which I actually believe him this time, then I think that's an issue. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I of all the things to change, you know what I'm saying? Like, of all the things to change, like, like, Chris, we talked about it last time we were on, about three weeks ago, about why the, you know, two games in, like, five days? Like, why short weeks playing games? If you talk about player safety, why I are you know. doing games from Sunday night and then a Thursday night game? Trust me, there'll be two or three comedians on the street. 
Something like that. That's not a comedy show. Performing that weekend too. I think that's what we might have. Always there on fight night. Yeah. It used to be um um Charlie Murphy, but you know, but now you know. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So that's the front line of the show. Six annual Big Blue Takeover, man. Why and time flies, man. I remember day one when we was doing this shit. So uh, DB, uh, final thoughts, man. Anything you'd like to say, our squad, around the NFL, anything we discussed, haven't brought up, your final thoughts. And, Chris, give me your NBA prediction on your final thoughts, personally, not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, uh, that, uh, well, in terms of uh, final thoughts, like I said, I just, I'm, I'll be, I'm going to be a broken record until um, proven <laughs> otherwise. Jones has to show and prove because it always has been on him. But the spotlight has never been shining brighter on one position being this quarterback position for the Giants. So it really comes down to him because we beat Minnesota. Um, you know, this guy, like, he, so he can't beat Philly. He, he's just – he got to get his head out of his ass, and the expectation is at an all-time high whether he wants to believe it or not. He got the payoff, and he got the, the team built built around him. So – yeah, the fact that even 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 if we didn't get anybody on offense, the fact that we got caps on defense helped boost the offense because defense got better, which means offense is going to get the ball back more. But it comes down to him. And in terms of NBA finals, I feel like, since you brought it up, I feel like Denver's going <laughs> to win it in six. That, that's me I personally. Right. I feel like Denver's going to win it in six. <laughs> Shit, that'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, oh! Yep. Do you have any a uh, fresh samurai blaze for the meat grinders, specifically for media writers saying <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones is better than Aaron Rodgers? Like, how is that shit? How does oh. that get past? I can understand the, the guy writing it, but oh how does it get God. past the editor in chief? Who who signs off on this shit and puts it on the <laughs> World Wide Web? <laughs> Good question. Because that there needs to be a worldwide meat grinder for that guy or, who, or whoever signed off on that. Are you kidding me? Like, like Jim Mora voice. You kidding me, Jones? You kidding me? Yo, yeah. That, what a what a slap in the face to, to Aaron Rodgers and to any other elite player. And that's another thing, real quick. I know it's my final thought. <laughs> I would tell other cats that I would get into it with. I said, let's remove Mahomes from the Chiefs. Put Jones on the Chiefs. See how that works out. Put Jones on mm. the Bills or, or the Niners or or, or um. Or the Bengals. Let's see how that goes. Let's get Joe Burrow and let's see what the Bengals do with Daniel Jones. Are you kidding me? It's a joke. It's a laughing stock because we all know number eight isn't proven. So now it's his time. Now it's his time to shut people like me up. I I, I kind of doubt he will, but we'll see. So it's, it all comes back to uh, imposter number eight. That's what I'm gonna call him. Imposter number eight. Just like we got imposter Mara. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm I say Denver in, in six. Or if not six, I still see Denver winning it all for the NBA championship. That's just me. Bleed blue. Who? Who? Bleed blue. Bleed blue. Uh, I was supposed to say something. Okay. If well, let me tell you what I got to say. Let me tell you what I got to say. Lion Stadium. I found. It's called a Lion Stadium. It came. It came back to me. <laughs> all right. All right. Before <laughs> we go State, on. or is Allegiant Stadium? No, it's Allegiant Stadium. Allegiant. I, Stadium. I, I was trying to find it, but I had kept this this clip. From yesterday. Oh, here it is. Got it. Got it. Okay, so yesterday, the, you know, they, they did a lot of interviews on the OTA, on the OTA field. And Thibodeau said this. Thibodeau and Neil had some interesting uh, quotes, and I want to read them. What Thibodeau's was, 
once you get once you get the understanding of the playbook down and you start to really learn the ins and outs of the game, which is kind of what I started to do at the end of the season last year going into this year, I think it becomes a lot easier, and that's the, why I feel so confident, unquote. And Neil says, nothing's a surprise now. I know what to expect. I know where the NFL-level game is, and I could, go for, I could go out there and perform and play well. I am ready. Now, I think those are some bold quotes in a way, but – I truly believe that we are on our way to doing something really, really great this year. I'm more confident this year than I have been the last four or five years, probably, combined. I, oh, the reason why I'm not optimum is for the same shit that you two have been saying the entire show. I want to see him do well at the same time, though. I don't have a lot of confidence, no. But at the same time, since I, he is the, our quarterback, and he is the quarterback of this fucking team, I want him to go out there and perform to the best of his fucking ability and set me the fuck up. And people like me, set us up. Set us up, to, you know, basically the, the, the paraphrase DB, set me up. All right. Now, that's it. That's, y'all heard DB. Y'all, had, y'all heard Azul. This was the Bleed Blue Round Table for Thursday. Ah. Check us out on all our social media. Check us out on um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Check out um, – Steve, you got to help me out with this, man, because I'm, I'm starting to laugh and I'm starting to be Wait. serious. Okay, check Chris, what, <laughs> hold on. Google. Chris, what, yes. Chris, what about what Steve asked, Steve asked you about the um, the NBA Finals? Who you got? Oh, 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 I got, I got the Nuggets in five. I can't – if they don't win either one of these two, it's over anyway because I can't see them beating – after that, I can't see them beating um, a Denver four out of the next uh, five games after that. I can't see it. But it's going to be tough, man, because, hey, when you go to Denver in a, in a situation like this during playoff time, you got to breathe that fucking thin air, and it's not always easy. So let's see what happens. Also, Denver's well-rested, been primed, practice every day. I think, they, I think they got something for that ass. No offense to the Heat. I appreciate what they did with these undrafted players, but the fucking party's over. All right, they ain't, the, they ain't the 99 friggin' New York Knicks. The party's over. The party's fucking over. Jimmy Buckets is going to show up, and he's going to give him some hell. But, uh-uh, the, the Denver runs a, bit, a little bit deeper, deeper with experienced ball players, and I, th- I think the atmosphere in Denver is going to um, catch up to the heat. So that's, I, got the, I got the heat going in five. And I would have a sweep if Jimmy Buckets wasn't there. That's just me. I'm just that bold. So I got a question you, for y'all real quick. And you quick. can't stop Jamal Murray. Everybody's talking about Joker. You can't stop Jamal Murray. Fuck you, yeah, do with Murray. him. I, I got <laughs> one. Do with him? I got yes, one sir. question for you, you and Steve. How bad do you want to put Julius Randle in, in an automatic sleeper hole or a phone Nelson? I, 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 um, man, we could do another thirty minutes. I'm not. I'm not on. Okay, listen. <laughs> I like Randall. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Randall defender on the Nickelbacker Avenue fan forum since he's been his time. Yes, my my whole Chris Chris, you're, Chris matter of fact Chris was on that episode. He know what I'm about to say, so I'll be real quick. Get him Miles Turner, <laughs> then and let's see. No, no, I'm serious because Randall struggled, but I think his struggles comes when that. you try to attack the hole. You know you you could collapse against Mitch's guy, and you could throw two guys at at Randall, and Mitch is just vulnerable. You get a guy a five that can score. Like, like a Miles Turner, then I think things open up and things for Randall. Randall carries you through the, the regular season. 
you're gonna he's gonna need a little bit of help in the playoffs. And I hate it sounds like I'm I'm scapegoating for him and Perry Mason and shit. But that's what I saw. <laughs> Randall played yeah. every regular season. He was a monster. Yo, D B you gotta get you gotta get at least through the eighty two games. You know, there's no way you can't get to the playoffs without getting through the eighty two games. And Randall does that. He he does that very good. Look, Problem is when you play against the Miami Heat, man, man we are so vulnerable at center, man. We got to get rid of that. That's right. Even the Christian knows right. I, just, I said that the last two times we were talking about that. Yeah. And, and Chris is totally That's opposite true. against that. Chris is totally opposite. He's probably more with you. I have a problem. Okay, look, yeah, I have a I problem with his team play. I have yeah. a I have a problem with his team play. I don't think he's the kind of leader that gets players together. And, okay, look, look, look. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me say this right quick. Let me say this right quick. I want y'all to go back, go to YouTube or whatever the fuck y'all got to do. Go back and look at two plays. The play where he fucking, um, uh, it wasn't a playoff game, against the Heat where he hit this wonderful game in the yeah. shot with, one, with zero on seconds Friday. left yep. from the right side. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Okay? That, that play right there, and then there was another play where he tumbled. He took a real bad fall against Cleveland in the playoffs. Okay? Each one of those plays, watch his teammates. They don't exactly um, surround him with love. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, quickly does. But the other ones, they just, there's something else that he does in this locker room with his left-handed ass that just doesn't call, it, it, it's, it's not, there's a lack of trust with the New York Knicks when he's around. That's all I'm saying. I thank God that Jason Brunson's here. Jalen Brunson's here. He's going to be here for probably another 10 years. I think that he's the unequivocal leader of the Knicks. Um, everything about him, the shit that you was talking about early, DB, about, about, um, uh, about blue number eight, he has for the New York media, okay? This is what, that's what you want your leader to be. You want him to be vocal. You want him to, 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 to corral his, his troops and, and get the ball rolling, you want that kind of leadership, and that's what he gives us. I don't think he's a – I don't think Randall is a real – I just – my personal problem with him is a lot of other things. You know, I don't like his, him wearing the number 30. I think that's bullshit. That's that's that's, that's I agree with that. Number. I, I agree that already with that. pissed me off already. Okay? Yeah. Um, I don't like I don't like his attitude when it comes to arguing with refs. In a, at, always at yeah. crucial times when we don't need that shit. You know, yeah. I don't like his foul. I didn't like the situation against the Heat where he has five fouls. He's driving the lane. Fuck that. With two minutes left, and we had the chance to win the game. There's a lot of bad things he does that I just don't like, and I just don't think that I, I just don't like to do it, man. I'm sorry. Thank you yeah, for giving whatever you get. For the but that's just me, man. That's just DB. Me. What are your thoughts? I appreciate the fact he's an All Star. No, I, I I feel him on that, but like you said, Steve, uh, there are plenty of times where this man is averaging 25, 28 a game, carrying the load a lot. Because R.J. Barrett, who I I still feel like he needs to be a little bit more consistent too. And that's enough. Um, oh no, another player. Let's get Duke players. Daniel Jones, R.J. Barrett. Let's get all the Duke players lined up yeah. for the meat grinder. <laughs> but Joe, but Joe, do y'all think? I, I know that he's not your favorite. I know this guy's not your favorite. Do you, do you and Chris think that Mitchell Robinson will be a Nick next year? 
I hope, I hope not. not. I'm done with but that, but that I'm done with Mitch, man. No, you know why I'm done with Mitch? You know why? Because in the, today's NBA, or just players in, in the sports DB, it had he a lick of an offensive uh, – had he had a lick of offensive game, just some offense, the Knicks are winning the championship. They were winning the championship. Had he had some development of an offense, then the Knicks, they right. could have been touched. They, 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 they would play Denver right now and beat Denver if he had a lick of an offense. That's why I say go get Miles Turner. He's $5 million more, right. Right. and he plays just as good defense as Mitch, and he can knock down threes. So when Bam Adebayo is collapsing off of Mitch and doubling on Randall, you can't leave Miles Turner open at the top of the key. He's going to bury those threes. Nope. <laughs> yeah, let's that, that's why I say I'm not as hard on Randall as I am the, the offensive system because Mitch is a liability on offense. Big time. He's probably the only center in the league can't shoot a jump shot right now. Did you see the one spin yeah. move in Miami? It was a game five or a game six. He spins like, yeah, like he, I did. I know where you he looked like he got dizzy. He looked like he got dizzy. He didn't know where he was. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Nah, he got to get rid of Mitch. Listen, we got to go. We got to go. Yeah. We got to go. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Got to go see the Me finals. Too. I want to see Yoki getting that ass. Murray slammed them all over the fucking place. I think Alan oh, Gordon's the X Factor who's playing good. And I just and, don't think I, and that's I thing. hope I'm right. Mitch is a second Mitch is a second round draft pick. Jokic is a second round draft pick. And he's a two time MVP. Look where Jokic is where he came from to what he is now. You mean this that's that's what I'm saying about the Knicks, man. They got a development problem, dude. Big development we problem. We sure do. Look, we passed Yo, we, up we Joker should, we, with, we should we should get a top five. Anthony Earl. Top five players on the, all of our Knicks, Yankees, Giants, Rangers, whatever. Daniel Jones, development problem. R.J. Baird, development problem. Mitchell Robinson is probably the top of that list, development, development problem. problem. I mean, we could, yeah, we, I could get a whole list of players. We could probably do that in two weeks. Let's do it. Yes. Just quit <laughs> yeah. come back. We we do know. Daniel Jones is on that list. Yeah. Like, we could do that. We could. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Develop. <laughs> Kiki Vandeway and Nick Novak. <laughs> I, I remember Steve Novak. He was dependable though on that fucking three pointer there for a minute. I like that shit. Yeah, yeah. he was. But yeah, man. man. But 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 you but you but you're right. And also, we got too many left handers on our squad, man. We need to do something about that because that gets exposed and, in the playoffs. And one more thing, but I know Chris said we gotta go. One more thing too, going back to uh, imposter number eight, because Aaron Rodgers is eight. Where, where's your <laughs> Like real, real shit though, fellas. Where's the public support? Are you out and about? Like you're not at Knicks games. Are you going to Yankee games, Ranger games? Like I see a Rod and them. All these is out here. Sauce Gardner at at the games. Where are you at? Yeah. Where's that? That's, that's, a, great, you know what yeah, that's a great question. Like, saw, um, that's a great question. Deontay, Deontay Banks was getting ice cream at the Mr. Softy truck. I never seen Joe yep. out there getting ice cream at the Mr. Softy truck. And and I and I put it on Instagram. I said, Deontay Banks, the fact that you're at the Mr. Softy truck, I said on his page, Welcome, you're a true New Yorker now. We embrace you. Welcome to New York. Nah. You ain't got ice cream at the yeah. taxi truck. You need to go to a blob party and get a nutcracker. And then we'll then we can talk. <laughs> 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 All right, fellas, we'll talk it up in two weeks. We'll be out. I'm coming back with a top five list, development player list, man. They, Mitch and Daniel Jones are at the top of that list easily. Easily oh, one last thing. I want Florida Pat. I, I want the Florida Panthers to go ahead and, and do something. 
I know we kept on drawing this. We got a finals to watch. Chris, are you surprised that two teams from South Florida are in the finals in the same year in the same sport I, after low seeds? Come on, man. I'm shocked, and I'm really shocked. And, and I thought the Knicks don't know nothing about hockey. But the, <laughs> I thought the Nick Ranger fan had it bad because I thought the Nick Ranger fan would have been in this position as those Florida teams. But look yeah. what we, look what the Boston fan had to go through the Bruins and the Celtics I, losing to those same two Florida teams at home, and they were the high seed. I know, I know. And the, Boston had a, a, a year to that. remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah, is that? It's all. Huh? Yeah, exactly. They both I, lost I, I, to Florida teams. <laughs> Say two Florida teams. That's crazy, crazy shit. But anyway, we out. <laughs> we out. It's Papa Yoki. Right. By the way, right. um, but last thing, last thing. I don't know where Clea Anthony Early is right now, but oh, we we chose him over Joker <laughs> two picks later. Wow. Two what is that? Man. Joker was, Joker was almost not even drafted. Wow. You believe that shit? You thought you thought Gettleman had bad Knicks Knicks like who? What? Yeah. Who you pick? Oh wow. Yeah. Clear yeah. Anthony Early. Right. That's what his name was. Yeah, I remember. All right, oh, yeah. We out. All right, we out, man. Right, Take care. We out. Can right. you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue.